This week in Baby Quest, it's time to meet our new co-host. <laughs> Can you hear her? Baby Quest, my name is Mike. And I'm Leah. Hi, Leah. What's new? We have a baby. What? <laughs> it's not just the two of us anymore. That's weird. So. We took a break. There's been a bit of a break. Remember when we were recording, I don't know, our last few episodes, and Mike was like, yeah, no, we're going to have time to record a podcast. Mm-hmm. I overestimated the <laughs> amount of creative energy that I would have, I think. <laughs> yeah. So it's been almost six weeks. It's been almost six weeks. And let's get right into what everyone wants to hear, talking about what TV shows we've been watching <laughs> for 35 minutes. That's all anyone wants to know about. What shows have we seen? What shows haven't we seen? What are some shows that we've heard about? What shows have babies? What did we watch? We watched the newest F1. I was just joking. We're not going to talk about that season. right now. We watched Ted Lasso. We watched WandaVision. I was joking, but in seriousness, I have watched more TV in the last month than probably like the last 10 years of my life. <laughs> yeah, that's for sure. So I don't know, whatever that means. Um, I mean, it means that you have a lot of time where you're like, holding a baby and can't really do anything else yeah so a baby. you sit and watch tv so first actually first we should talk about this podcast a little bit because up until now it's been a podcast about child loss and trying to conceive and pregnancy after loss yeah and having you know and having had that be a big part of our lives, I think I understand that maybe not everybody wants to hear a podcast about our baby that we've had after having a loss. Yeah. Not everybody's ready for that right now, I'm sure, on their journey. And no hard feelings. No. I mean, we said the same thing when we... When we got pregnant. When we got pregnant, right? Like, we understand that... When you're not, when you're not in this place, and you're looking at somebody who has, you know, maybe gone through what you've gone through, but is now taking those next steps, it's really difficult. And I mean, I hope that for people in that situation, we can be sort of. I don't want to say like I hope that we can be inspiring to everybody. No, else, but, but like, maybe like uh, aspirational or like just. Uh, like a data point that it can it can happen, happen. but you I also know that baby. I you can bring home a baby for a lot of the time. I like seeing somebody else kind of go through and not like get to the other side, but like achieve what I wanted was not like a hopeful situation. Like it didn't fill me with hope and go like, oh well, they went through it, so like. That gives me hope that I I will get there too. Mm-hmm. It like more often than not filled me with like jealousy and rage. Yeah. Um, but then I think about like the Carlsons and Eric Carlson and Melinda Carlson and their whole story and how 
that I don't, to me, I don't know. I felt like that was inspiring and hopeful seeing someone show up on the other side of it and bring home their daughter. Yeah. Even, and that was like, even back when we only knew like half the story. Right. No. Yeah. I just know that like, if you're not feeling that way, don't worry, you're not alone. Yeah. The like jealousy and rage is a very real feeling and is like fine. And we're going to be talking a lot about having a baby stuff. Yeah. Uh, this episode and the next few episodes that we were thinking of doing. But, but woven into that is having a baby after having a baby that's died. Everything we talk about is still going to be through the lens of being lost parents because we still are lost yeah. parents. Like and we some do of the stuff I'm going to bring up in today's episode weird, will we directly do some, be related to that. We do some weird things that are like, I think, you know, stuff that maybe only lost parents do. But we also do some weird things that just like any parent does. So... You know, it's fine. Yeah, we've had experience where we felt like we're doing we're oh, crazy yeah, we're... and losing our minds because we've experienced a loss, and then we talk to other parents and are like, oh, no, that's everybody. Yeah. It's like, oh, we've talked, we talked to parents who, like, haven't lost a baby and are like, no, nah, I did the same thing. And I was like, oh, okay, good. Not so, completely insane. Yeah, so hopefully, um, I mean, hopefully you're still listening and we'll continue to listen past this, this, <laughs> this disclaimer. Yeah. Speaking of disclaimers, one more. Yeah. There is actually a baby with us. with us in the room. And she's very cute, first of all. But secondly, she's very noisy and <laughs> loud. And she breathes very loudly and makes all kinds of interesting baby squeaky noises. Yes. So, so like, I'm you sure might you can hear it. And I hope it's not too annoying. Be able to hear it in the background. This is an experiment. We'll see. I mean, she's pretty quiet right now. I mean, she's not yelling. Yeah. We'll see how it goes. Yeah. So hopefully it's not too annoying. Um, so this episode we're going to talk about her birth. Yeah. And the time we spent in the hospital right after she was born. Yeah. So she was born on March 12th. And I know we kind of had kept that date a little bit of a secret. Right. And that was mostly because... We didn't want to be bombarded with messages like that morning or that day. We just kind of like needed and we kind of told like even immediate friends and family like we need a minute. So we were supposed to be the first C-section of the day. Mm, Yeah, got there bright and early. So we had to C-section was scheduled for 8 a.m. So we had to get to the hospital for 6 and I was doing pretty good, speaking for myself, ang- anxiety-wise. So, wait, yeah, we, like... The night, I think the day before... Got up and, like, oh, I was allowed... So, I had to stop eating at midnight, but then I was allowed to have clear fluids up until 4.30 in the morning. Like, water or... Or, like, clear piss. juices, like, clear juices, so, like, apple juice or, like, white grape juice... Yeah, did you hear or, I, yeah, I heard your funny joke. You hear when I said piss? Yeah. Um, or ginger ale. So I woke up at four and had a mini can of ginger ale. Great. And then, like, got ready, you know. I did some crazy things, like did my hair and put makeup on. Because mm-hmm. I wanted to feel like a human. 
Mm-hmm. And we took one last bump photo. Yeah. And then we went to the hospital. Yeah. And like I was saying, my anxiety was like under control. It wasn't too crazy. I think the day before, if I remember correctly, it got a little bit mm, uh, yeah. heightened. But the actual day of, it was sort of just go mode and go where we need to go and be where we need to be. Mm-hmm. When we got to the hospital, we got put into, I don't even know what you would it's call like that a, room. It's like the waiting <laughs> it's not a waiting room like yeah, you're in a hospital bed but it's like the in-between room waiting to go into a surgery room yeah and we were in there for quite a while because we were rudely bumped by a rude baby <laughs> from some other person who decided they yeah had to show up right away there was a an, c-section well there was another lady who they told us this they told us like her labor's not progressing uh, and we think we're going to need to do a C-section. And I was like, okay. And then, like, it turned out, yes, that was the case. Her labor wasn't progressing, so I got bumped from, like, the 8 o'clock slot to, like, I guess it was, like, the 10 o'clock slot. Sure. That's when my anxiety started going up. Mm-hmm. And I started getting stressed out. I was just starving. Yeah, it's bad, too. I was so hungry. All right, we have a, we have a group text thing with um a bunch of our friends and i was like man what i would do for a mcdonald's big mac fries and a coke right now i don't care that it's 9 a.m that's what i want Mm -hmm. and rudely enough i did not get my big mac yeah so i don't know that like time i mean it seemed like forever and now i can't really even remember what happened I was sitting on a chair, and it was not a super comfortable chair. Well, I don't know. I have a hard time on pretty much any chair. I find all chairs uncomfortable after a certain point. Yes. Uh, So my butt was hurting, and I was stressing out. And you were just lying in bed, extremely hungry, and extremely pregnant and uncomfortable. And that's my my memory of that time. Sounds about right. And they rolled you over into another room. Yeah, then we got moved into another room. Basically the same type of room, just, like, across the hall. Another, like, waiting room-ish. Yeah, I don't really know. Was that... It's not really a delivery room. No. It's like another... I don't know. It's like a urine-labor room, but not delivering or something? Yeah, like, I don't know. I feel like it might be, like, a triage, overflow room, kind of. There were other people in there. Yeah. And when they took me back... To get me prepped for surgery. Yeah, and I waited a very long time. Okay, so like that part for me doesn't seem like it took that long, but... Well, they were originally going to do a spinal block on you. Right, we went... Which takes 40 seconds or something. It's like three minutes and you're frozen. Yeah, that's what we went in thinking, that I was going to have a spinal block. And then the anesthesiologist that we had that day didn't want to do that. She wanted to do an epidural because... With any anesthesia, so like even with an epidural, but also with a spinal block, your blood pressure drops and like that's a normal thing that happens. But with a spinal block, because it takes effect so quickly, your blood pressure can drop really quickly. And because I'm a heart patient, obviously they monitor my blood pressure very closely and the anesthesiologist didn't, just didn't like the idea that my blood pressure could drop very suddenly and for her to not have a lot of control over that 
So she opted to do the epidural because she has more control about how much drug she's giving me and how quickly. So that's what they opted to do. But it just takes longer to be frozen. Um, So instead of waiting three minutes, I ended up waiting. It was like more than an hour that I was sitting there in my scrubs waiting. Right. And I mean, it's like quite the process to get somebody ready to have a C-section. Yeah. Right? Like, first you go in and they, you know, they're hooking you up to, like, heart monitor and blood pressure and, you know, uh, oxygen levels, right? They want they need to know all this stuff. And then they have to go through and read out, like, everybody in the room needs to read out kind of their role and, like, what the procedure is and what equipment they need. They read you your last rites. <laughs> I mean, not quite. And then they get started. Then they see. St- I don't know anything about that part. I've never. Oh, been, so like never been there. Everybody they in do the like room. Like a big roll call. Yeah, basically. So everybody involved has to be there, and they have to state their name and role, hmm. and then they list any equipment and, or drugs that they need for the procedure. And it's basically just so that like everybody knows what's happening. Sure. And, like, they make sure that they have the correct patient and, like, all this stuff. Yeah, that's important. And then they get started. They do, uh, then they did, got my epidural started. And I will say it was more successful, did not take three time, three tries to get it this time, than with Eliza. But I had a side effect that I did not have with Eliza, which was... So again, it's like, I've, I think I have, I mean, I've been told, I have like weird spinal anatomy. Uh-oh. <laughs> um, what do you think about that? Mm, thank you for your input. Yeah, I have weird spinal anatomy. So when they put the needle in, they ended up hitting very tiny nerves. So I had very intense pain like underneath my bum and like down my left thigh Mm -hmm. um and i did like probably the thing you should not do when having a needle shoved into your spine which is i flinched because i it was like so unexpected and it hurt so badly But then the anesthesiologist explained and like basically probably what happened is she hit like a very tiny nerve that runs down your back and that's what I was feeling. So that was very unpleasant. I don't even know like I can't even describe like sharp shooting pain is like the best I can describe it as. Yeah pain is hard to describe. Right like it's a hard thing. It's hard to understand. Um, I also have, like, a huge respect for anybody who has gotten an epidural while having contractions because I don't know how you put your body into that position while having contractions. Mm. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I don't know. <laughs> Big ups to them. Yeah. yeah. Good job, everybody. Um, yeah, so once the, like, that was in, then you got to come in, right? Yeah. Yeah. They brought me in. And then they start, so this, like... Uh, the the positioning of everything in this room... Oh, I guess... No, sorry. Little... They, like, had to, like, put my catheter in and stuff before okay. you came in. But... They put the catheter in. Great. 
Then yeah. I came in, and when you walk in through the doors of this one, you know, I'm not like instantly at your head behind the curtain. It's like sort of a full. No, you get like a full shot. Side profile view, yeah. and kind of had to like make sure I was looking in the correct places to, well, to nothing, not be traumatized. Nothing had happened yet. I didn't know that. They weren't going to bring you in like mid cut. You were open or something. I don't know. I didn't know what they were doing. But anyway, so that was my first surprise. Uh, but yeah, then it was a nice sit down at your head situation. Yeah. You're very shaky again. Not as bad this no, time. No, not as bad, but still very shaky. But still shaky, yeah. Um, you were more lucid than last time. <laughs> yeah, it's amazing what happens when they don't pump you full of anti-anxiety meds. Yeah. <laughs> you remember a whole lot more. So that was great. And yeah, I don't know. It seems... And then they get started, right? Like Yeah, it felt like it took a while to get going, but then it all happens very fast, right? Yeah. I don't know. It's kind of hard. I'm also, not, the it's like hard to describe. So they did say that like I had some scar tissue. Right. Yeah, that took a minute to get through. So like there I could hear and was much more aware of like the chatter in the room this time. Mm. And I could hear them talking about the scar tissue mm-hmm. and that I had some adhesion. So like scar tissue was like causing things to be stuck to other things and they kind of had to work their way through that. Mm-hmm. So I think the like from first cut to pulling Clementine out was a bit of a longer process than yeah. maybe an average C-section Yeah, just because they had to like work through some things. Yeah. And I heard them saying how very full of fluid you were. Which, I guess that was later. Which we knew. So, like, <laughs> we were, we, you know, uh, I think the, like, two or three ultrasounds from, like, when she was born, like, the last two or three ultrasounds, mm-hmm. they were saying, like, oh, you have a lot of fluid. Like, my, my amniotic fluid was measuring high. Yeah. And then, like, you said you saw, like, what they had suctioned out. We're, yeah, I mean, we're skipping ahead till when we're, like, packing up, but it was, oh, man, how do I, what is it Like a juice jug? To? More than a juice jug. Could probably fill, yeah, like, more than two liters, more than a two liter of pop. I don't know, probably two and a half, three liters of pop, which I don't know if you do liters in other but you know the big bottle of pop is a two liter and yeah it looked like red kool-aid nice and and the i mean the container they have it in is kind of like a looks like a container you might make kool-aid in too so (laughs) it wasn't like gruesome or anything it kind of looked tasty it looked like cherry flavored probably oh yeah so but anyway we're we're getting way ahead ahead. we're getting way ahead to the juices part oh but like the the people on the other side of the curtain afterwards like they were you know clearly in the splash zone (laughs) (laughs) they had they had kool-aid all over them at the end of it yeah i mean i think that's like part of the occupational hazard Mm -hmm. you know it's part of the job yeah um so anyway they're cutting and slicing you open yeah and like and that's uh, fine. There was a, a student in there. Oh, yeah. So there was... We had, I, mean, I had there, were, asked, there were 100 people in there. Right? I had been asked if I was okay having a nursing student observe. And I said yes. Like, absolutely. Doesn't bother me. And at one point, we hear 
yeah, just go outside and sit down. It's fine. Yeah. And there was the anesthesiologist is like right by my head, right? So I like kind of looked up at her and was like, was that the nursing student? Is she okay? And the anesthesiologist starts laughing and is like, oh, yeah, it, it's fine. Don't worry. You, it happens all the time. You have a student come in. They get a little woozy. And you know what? She did the right thing. She asked to leave and she didn't fall down. It's good. And I was like, oh, man, really? And she's like, oh, yeah, you know what? Like, it happens to all of us. We do, like, a whole bunch of surgeries. And then for some reason, one of them just hits us the wrong way. And, like, that's the one that you feel like you're going to pass out during. And I was like, oh, my gosh. Jeez. Yeah. So then we had a big conversation about uh, passing out during surgeries and, like, feeling woozy at seeing weird gross human body things and i'm sitting there like ha 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 like this is funny and interesting but also i am trying to like <laughs> you know retain my faculties and not pass out myself so like i don't know if this is my favorite conversation to be having right now it's like in another context i would love it it would be great but like i'm doing my best over here hanging on right because i don't want to pass out and I know that dads frequently oh, pass all out. All the time. Regular, like, and I would rather not. vaginal birth, no, C-section. No pro- and again, no problem if you do, but, you know, I was doing my best not to well, at I mean, the time. I mean, it's like a little bit of a problem because then they have an extra person that they've got to worry yeah, about. Yeah, I know. I was just trying to be nice to all the dads <laughs> that passed out. Uh, yeah, exactly. I don't want to, like, fall and knock all your cables out. Right, and, and then, like, all then of a you know the problem what? and causing problems. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, that was funny. That was funny. Yeah, our anesthesiologist... Well, it was the resident. Resident. Was... <laughs> she was so... She was great. She was very chatty, which is, like, kind of exactly what you want in that situation. Mm-hmm. Somebody to, like, sort of distract you about what's happening until, like, the good part comes. Yeah, and so... Then the good part arrived, and she was like, okay, oh, it's happening. Like, she was the she one was giving like, us the play-by-play. She was like, okay, here, we're going to take one last photo of, like, just the two of you. And so we have, like, a photo of just the two of us. Yeah. And then she was like, okay, Dad, all right, it's happening. You can, like, peek over the curtain. And Mike was like... She was like, yeah, do you want to take a look now? You should look. And I was like, I'm good. I'm good right on my here. side of the curtain for now. <laughs> Things are going okay. Not going to press my luck. And she was like, give me your phone, give me your phone. And I was like, well, okay, here. And she and takes so- my phone and starts like snapping pictures over the top of the curtain of yes clementine being born and because mike has an iphone we have live photos so like these little mini video clips of clementine literally being pulled out from my body yeah like you hold your finger down she's not there and (laughs) there's a baby she is there yeah Uh, so which was not something we were expecting to have, no. but it's like really so cool that amazing we that we have this. And it's just because this random anesthesia resident, resident was like here stole my phone from me. Yeah. So yeah, it was it's really like I mean, we think it's really cool and certain people We we've have showed shown the photos people. Too, think it's really cool. Yeah. They're not like up in the family photo album or anything. And I will say that like it's not super gruesome oh not at all no i mean it's from the perspective of 
someone standing up at your head. So you're not like seeing inside of your body. You're no. seeing you are seeing a baby pop out for sure. I can say she was but born no... head and arm first. <laughs> yeah. There's no there's no like viscera or anything. No, like you're not like you don't too. also see like my bladder or anything. Like, you no. know, it's just it's just the baby. Oh, and before it was happening, was she giving you Kleenex? Oh, yeah. She, like, handed me Kleenex. I think that might have been right after when, like, you brought Clementine over. I don't think so, because it was before when... It was sometime before when you said, oh, I'm not going to cry, but he's going to cry talking about me. Was it? Okay. Yeah. And... Yep. So, anyway, she pops out. She's born. We, they still like, haven't, we still haven't seen her because I haven't like looked over the curtain. Wipe her off. They're getting her wiped off. You and did then, look then once she was born, didn't you? I think I only looked after we heard her for the first time. Which was much quicker than I was preparing myself for. So yeah, I did. Like I feel like over she did. Like she cried pretty quickly. <laughs> very quickly. And then yeah, I was obviously weeping. Yeah, and then they like wiped her off. Done. And they took her over to the warmer, and then you got to go over, right? Yes. So they brought her over to the warmer, and this was my big opportunity (laughs) to do the thing that is the most important part of the entire birth process, which is cutting the umbilical cord. (sighs) And so before we went into any of this, you know, I'd been told by some of my friends, different people, like, you got to do it. Uh, it's like the most amazing thing in the world, like changed my whole life. It's, it fe- it's so weird. It feels weird. It's a crazy experience. It was like the most mind blowing thing ever. It's unbelievable. It's so important. It's like, all right, I don't know. I guess, I guess I'll go and, and cut the like, cord. I didn't it's kind have of my attitude. strong feelings about it. I was like, if you want to do either. it, you can do it. If you don't want to do it, don't worry about it. And because it's a C-section... It's like they, the doctors cut it and yeah. just leave it really long. And then Mike was just going to like trim it down a bit. Take a little off the top. Yeah. So I go over and they've got her there. And, you know, and I'm getting to see her up close for the first time. And that's really emotional and amazing and stuff. And what'd she look like? Um, I don't even know. I grabbed her hand. What did she look like? Yeah. She looked like herself, but. A little goopier. Okay. And she's there, and she, uh, grab her hand, and then they're like, "Okay, here are the medical scissors cut right between these two clamps we've got on, like two chip clips, basically, <laughs> that we've got on our cord. So it's like a one centimeter wide target for me to hit with the scissors. And it's like, okay, and I did it, and it's like, all right, I did it." cool i guess i don't know it's cool that i can say i did it it was like it was honestly the least interesting thing that happened that day (laughs) like it was the least interesting and least exciting thing now i do wonder if like if i had had a vaginal birth and you had been the one like (laughs) free hanger from you or if that would have felt like a little different a little more meaningful right like maybe maybe i don't know it was yeah, I don't know. I mean, cutting through the actual cord, it <laughs> the the weird. The only thing I can say about it is that it felt like I expected. It didn't really feel weird. It's like a little rubbery, I guess, is 
sort okay. of a feeling. And yeah, that that was really that was about it. Right. It was it was such a big non-event with so much else going on. Um, but anyway, as soon as I did it, everyone was like, "Oh, congratulations! <laughs> you did it! You gave birth to this baby all by yourself. Whoa. Great job, Dad! Uh, now you're now you're officially a dad." It's like, okay, but yeah, it was it was a very strange right. experience. It was a very strange experience in that it was didn't feel <laughs> super significant or yeah, or it, like it, it's it's like the, a weird ritual thing. Yeah. And it didn't feel that interesting or crazy or or anything. Okay. To me. And, and then, hey, and hey, if it was a great experience for you listening, I'm happy for you. <laughs> I love it. But um, yeah, it was it was weird. It's more like, how's the baby doing though? Are we taking good care of the baby right now? <laughs> she then, was all full of snot. Yeah. And juice. Yep. Uh, so. Well, you brought her to me. Then well no they brought her across the hall first or did no did they no ca- no I brought her over to you you're right first and I got to see her so I carried her over which is terrifying because I have to like step over cords dangling and... cords to get to you <laughs> it was the first time holding our baby <laughs> you did great you didn't fall you didn't drop her and I got to like see her and like kind of like touch her and sort of I kind of put plopped her, her onto you close. A little bit. To me. She did get, worth mentioning, she did get skin to skin. Like, as soon as baby is out, they, like, plop her right onto your abdomen, whatever is available. <laughs> um, they do that, and that's when they are doing the delayed cord clamping to let right. all the everything good from the placenta drain into the baby, right? Mm-hmm. And that only takes about a minute or yeah. so. So she'd already done some skin to skin and did the whole delayed cord clamping stuff then i sliced the cord forever permanently <laughs> and then brought her over to you and yep. kind of stuck her on you a little bit and as best as we could yep and then how was that for you i was weeping yes the entire time. i at that point like wanted to be able to like hold her m- more yeah but like i think mostly because i'm so tiny there's like I don't have a lot of like space right so I know like some people are like they actually like because they have more of a torso they like have enough room to kind of like lie the baby across their chest Mm -hmm. in that moment uh I didn't really like I don't I didn't really have space for that so like I was kind of sad about that but hmm, it's okay I remember you had a big reaction the first time we heard her make noise. Like after she was born, that like first. Yeah. I don't, I mean, I remember hearing it. Yeah. I don't remember what was my reaction. I don't know. You seem to get a little emotional. No crying, obviously. No. Too cool. <laughs> I'm not a happy crier. I know. It's the thing. Yeah. And then you took her over. We walked across the hallway with her. To another room. Yeah, we're the uh, the pediatrician and some other people. Well, there was like a NICU nurse in there. Yeah, NICU nurse and the pediatrician who was in the room. Yeah. Uh, They started checking her out a bit, but mostly what they were doing was suctioning everything out of her. um, Yeah. Which was not like one of those little turkey basers that used to get boogers out. (laughs) It was this like little tiny hose that 
They put up right through her nose, and we're like getting right in there, getting everything from the nose, and then right down her throat, getting everything out of her like, stomach and everything. Uh, so that was very bizarre. She seemed to not like that, and it's mm, like fair. This is. I'm sorry that this is like your pretty much your first experience here. Yeah, now uh, like didn't seem very enjoyable, and part of that was because she was a C-section baby, and part of that probably was also because I had so much extra fluid. That there was just, like, more in there. Yeah, I don't know. Probably. So after they did all the suctioning, brought her back in to say hi to Mama again. Yep. And we were hanging out for a little bit. At that point, I was pretty close to, like, being done, I think. No? Yeah, they were wrapping things up. Yeah. For sure. That's when I saw the Kool-Aid jug and all that. Mm. And... Yeah, they moved you, and we all left the room together, but you went down to recovery. And we kind of said, like, goodbye at the elevators. Yeah, that was a weird moment. Yes. You had to get wheeled away Yeah. to recovery for... It was originally supposed to be 12 hours, but it only ended up being... They cut it down to, like, six. six. And I went with her to the NICU. Yeah. So... I went to recovery, and this is, like, basically all surgical recovery, like, all day surgery recovery. So you're, like, in a, on a, like, in a massive, I don't know, ward? Like, I don't know. It's, like, this big open space with, like, tons of beds. And you've got a nurse who's in charge of, like, one or two other patients. And, you know, in the beginning, I was, like, having checks every, like, 15 minutes. And then they kind of go to, like, every half hour and then, you know, every hour, I think, at the end. And also, like, my anesthesia is wearing off while I'm there. So, like, my legs that were numb are slowly becoming not numb, which is a very odd feeling. And I'm also alone. <laughs> like, you know, I've got, I mean, I had my phone with me, but I had nobody to, like, talk to or didn't had mike sending me photos of the baby <laughs> so that was like a weird you know thing yeah and so i went with her to NICU. yeah and we just hung out there for a long time they weighed her right and she was oh my god six, six pounds, pounds 13 ounces thank you and she didn't get measured until days later yeah like the next day was it even the next day yeah i think so and she was how long uh, 18 inches. So a pretty respectable baby size for someone born at 36. 36 and 5. Yeah. Yeah. And she was doing great in the NICU. She, they didn't have any issues with her. She was all hooked up to all the monitoring stuff, obviously. But, like, she didn't need any oxygen. She didn't need any help breathing. They thought, like, you know, discussing beforehand, it was like, maybe she'll need oxygen. Maybe she'll need the CPAC machine to help her breathe like we didn't really know she needed none of that yeah so i came up from recovery and i spent the night in the labor and delivery unit so i got moved into a room and mike had been in the NICU and came in back into the room to see me that and was then... the baby if you could hear that <laughs> and then after a couple of hours I was allowed to get out of bed and go to the NICU, which, looking back now, I don't know how I did that. 
don't know how I got out of bed and got myself into a wheelchair. Yeah, it was impressive. Yeah, the power of, like, needing to see your baby. Yeah. I think, like, takes over a little bit. (laughs) So, yeah, I spent a lot of time with her, just the two of us there, basically all afternoon and into the evening a little bit. She was born at 11.44. So... I don't know, by like one o'clock, were you in the NICU? Probably. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was just hours and hours of me just holding her and then realizing like, oh, I'm hungry and my arms are... Jello. ...in pain because I've just been holding her here because... Like, what else I don't want to... Well, I don't want to do anything else. Yeah. (laughs) Just got to hold her and... I mean, that's it, right? At that moment? It was tough doing that on my own without you there. Because there were definitely times when I was holding her where, you know, she, it's like you get a look at her in a certain way and it's like, oh, she looks exactly like Eliza and it like Mm. brings you right back. Yeah. And you're there again. And, but this time it's so different and it's just, it's a lot, right? Yeah. It's very complicated feeling that stuff. And you're just, I don't know, you're sitting there on your own. You don't have anyone to talk to about it. It's tough. Right. No, yeah. And thankfully, I mean, the biggest blessing is that she's been such a noisy, breathing baby and squeaky, making weird noises all the time baby. Very similar to how she was an extremely active karate baby when she was inside of you. It's been so nice to be able to hear her sleeping basically all the time and on the rare occasions that you can't hear then (laughs) then you panic a bit then it's the all right time to check and see if she's breathing and it's this baby alive and yeah okay great so i was doing a little bit of that in the NICU but yeah and and everyone was nice and stuff and um when you finally got to come in they were just but to give her a bath or finishing up giving her a bath they were or something. Finishing like, giving her missed, a bath. We missed her bath. Yeah. Which like They're about to feed her, which I think is why I went and got you, right? Yeah. Which in the moment of finding out she had already had her first bath, in that moment I wasn't angry. Looking back on it, I'm disappointed that they A made that decision without telling us and B made that decision to do that when we weren't there. I don't know. And I mean, if you're a NICU nurse and giving the baby a bath is on your checklist for yeah. the night and it's a pandemic and the parents aren't around and things have to get done, like, I understand it, but... I'm just saying, disappointed. Okay. Like, you know, I didn't yell at the nurse. I didn't write an angry, like, letter to the NICU department yelling about it, right? Like, I just, you know. No, I know. I could have been much more mama bear about it than I was. No, it was good. You were just happy to finally get to... See her. See her at all. And hold her. Yes. And our ner- the NICU nurse that night was lovely. I really liked her. Yeah, and then... That night, I, had, I started trying to pump... <laughs> to, like, get my milk supply started. And, uh, I, I mean, I set my alarm for every three hours that first night. Which, in hindsight, 
was stupid and I should have just slept. Probably, but I mean, that's what, you know, everyone was saying would be a good idea to do. Get your milk going and pumping every three hours is the way to do that. Yeah, and like... Except it wasn't. Except it wasn't. It didn't. It didn't. It didn't and help it anything and... We didn't get any like, milk. Like, a week later, I was still hardly getting any milk when I pumped. Yeah. And finally, like, gave up pumping and just let her eat. Like, just let her feed for me. Yeah. So, I mean, she's had formula since the day she was born. She had to give her something in the NICU. Yeah, which, like, I was not mad about. I, no, like, it wasn't nothing. I was fine with it. And then, so the next morning. Yeah, so we kind of spent the night away from her, and it was a weird night of pumping and not being with our baby, and yeah, it was kind of a whole thing. That was weird. And then the next morning, I got moved to the mother and baby unit, mm-hmm. which was fine. And then we went in to the NICU a couple times to see her. I will say that I didn't like the daytime NICU nurse as much <laughs> as I liked the nighttime NICU nurse. And I mean, that's probably just personalities. It's fine. She was not a bad nurse. I just, we didn't get along as well. It's fine. So that was Saturday. And she got brought into our room Saturday afternoon. And then... Yeah, so then we had a bit of a jaundice whoopsie the next day. Yeah, I mean, you know, they've been testing her blood from... When she was in the NICU, they knew it was, like, kind of high, her jaundice levels. It wasn't at the point where they were, like, ready to treat it, but they were, like, watching it. And so... Her Billy Rubin levels. Yeah. And so that was the first day. Ish. Ish. (laughs) Day and a bit. The first day in a bit-ish. Yeah, we thought we would get through our whole hospital stay, but this is becoming a two-part episode now. Next week, we're going to talk about our adventures with jaundice and having a baby under the blue lights with the weird tanning mask on and everything. (laughs) And just as a little teaser, she had pretty much every single possible risk factor for jaundice including having my blood type and not her mother's so yeah we're gonna get into all that and what it was like coming home and the fact that we didn't get to come straight home we went to the children's hospital for more appointments so yeah this is part one that's gonna be part two it's gonna be tons of fun clementine's gonna be there thank you for listening you should listen again next week. It's going to be great. I, I assume it's going to be next week, unless something crazy happens, like, you know... A baby. A baby stuff. If she poops real bad, maybe there won't be a podcast. Who knows? And if you want to follow along, I guess you could go to our social media stuff, Baby Quest Cast on Instagram, Twitter. Which one is which? BabyQuest Pod is Instagram. BabyQuest Cast on Twitter. And yeah, you can always send us an email at babyquestpod at gmail.com. 
I guess that's about it. Is there anything else we do at the end of a podcast? I don't think so. Except for feed the baby. It's time to feed the baby. We'll talk more about her feeding next time, too. Because that's also a story. So, thank you for listening. We're going to see you soon. And we'll talk more about Clementine. I love you. Bye. Mwah!